It's the next level. Warning. The following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. The countdown to crisis continues. Welcome, Primers, into this issue 191 of the DC Primetime Podcast. From the spotlight, as well as we have to go back, Lost Revisited, and another podcast that I will leave it to my co-host to talk about. I am Ben Beck. And from the Caffeine Crew cast of pods, and still afraid of the dark, I am Rob Martin. So, um, yeah, we're we're back in the full swing of things. We've got four shows to talk about. All Not- Technically, we will never be at full strength this year because crisis or not crisis because post well yeah well post crisis Legends of Tomorrow is when that premieres and so Arrow is ending so Arrow, yeah so this is full strength I guess I, I guess four shows is about yeah. as full strength as we're gonna get when yep, it comes much. to comes to the podcast but you know we've got the second episode of Supergirl the Flash and Batwoman and the season premiere of the final well the final season premiere of Arrow to talk about this week. Um, I will say it was a really strong week across the board. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I'm trying to figure. I'm still trying to figure out where my ratings fall for. I think one I, or I, two I of think them. I think I only have one of them in a hero. I think just I only have one in a hero, and I think everything else in, is in legend territory. Okay. But I'll let you kick it off. All right, it's going to be interesting. So yeah, so uh, four episodes to talk about this week, and we'll just jump right into it instead because I really don't think there's. Anything else we we really need to talk about? No, we just have a lot of news, especially for a short, for just a a back to being one a week ago when we last recorded. There's a lot that was yeah that made its made itself known. Yeah, so so we might as well just jump right into things and start off with our ratings as we usually do. First off, uh, first show of the week we have. I'm trying to super. It's Batwoman, 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 Batwoman airs first, Batwoman's right? Yeah. First. It's yep. it's still confusing because they're airing on the same day, so I'm trying to remember which yep. ones come first. Uh, so, with that said, then, we have Batwoman Season 1, Episode 2, The Rabbit Hole. Uh, I'll kick it off to you, where do you uh, with uh, the ranking, sidekick, hero, or legend this week. I, I'm going to give it a legend. I really thought this this was... This felt like the part two of the pilot episode, but it gave us... It felt like the well-rounded background a little bit more into how Kate and Alice's relationship is going to play off. And I think, honestly, just from these two episodes alone... I mean, Alice is a really interesting villain, and I think the dynamic between her and Kate, especially that they they each know who's he, whose identity is that, that they they are, changes the dynamic. It's not something that we're normally used to. This upfront with like an arch nemesis, like you know, we see it with like you know the Flash and such, and like we see it doled out over time and things like Arrow, but never from the start. And I think the fact that like. There is the the issue with the father involved and all this stuff with Jacob Kane and all that stuff and the way that everything's working with the crows. It added such a twisted layer. And then we're starting to see the layers peel back and seeing that Luke is not Felicity, 
2.0, Cisco 2.0. He feels he's, vi- he's not Felicity. He's not Curtis. He's yeah. He's, he feels very different than everybody else. Like he's got like kind of like equal amounts of sarcasm that kind of play up and play with um, Kate. Kate's yeah. character really well. And I think that was one thing I was concerned about like last week with the pilot was like, it felt like a lot of the supporting cast felt a little lackluster. This episode, they started to find their footing. It felt like, and I really, I I, I like it. And it, it. Her narration too adds to that noir kind of quality yeah. of the show. And it makes it feel like a Batman or a Bat family book. It will live screen and it's working. I think yeah. it's working. I'm, I'm with you. I'm not giving it a, I'm not giving it a legend. I'm, I'm in the high hero territory. Um, I feel it was just as strong as the pilot, though, and there are definitely a lot of different dynamics that they're building that is going to be fun to explore and, and fun to follow and fun to talk about. So, yeah, so it's a high hero for me uh, as well. Uh, next up, we have Supergirl Season 5, Episode 2, Stranger Beside Me. Where do you fall on this one? I got to say middling hero, unfortunately. I, I'm with you. <clears throat> I really am. This, how do you top last season? And I don't think they know. And I think that's the downside is because, like I said, the Obsidian North kind of like thing that they're doing could be really interesting. But man, like it feels like they're they're standing in the shadow of Lex Luthor right now. And that's, I think, the difficult part. I, I feel like the show is going to make a big transition post-crisis and they're trying to figure out what to do to fill that time up until that point. I think we're going to see that in a lot of shows. Yeah. So I'm with you. It's, it's, it's a mid-hero for me as well this week. Uh, next up. Super, oh yeah, Supergirl. Uh, The Flash, season six, episode two, A Flash of the Lightning. Uh, Sidekick hero or legend? Naskin a legend. Yep. Agreed. (laughs) It was, it it was, you know what? I know a lot of people were saying it felt like a light episode. I love the idea that they're giving us two short stories essentially this season. We're getting kind of like these graphic novels, the front half of the season and the back half. But because of that, it has to make the season and both parts of it very laser focused. And I love this idea, and I wish all of the other shows would adopt this idea. That's the one thing we always say is like, you know, when you have like, we talked about Cicada last year, and it just went on for too long. Well, when you can only work with that one villain for nine, nine episodes? Yeah. Ten episodes? You have to be focused. You have to tell a more concentrated story. I mean, it's it's almost like the... Uh, like the BBC television shows that only right. give us like six episodes a season or ten episodes a season. Or even the Netflix, um, you know, formula does the same thing. Right. They give us ten to twelve episodes. So you give us, you know, nine, ten episodes with one villain. You're right. You have to tell a more concentrated story. Yeah, and I think you know what it. This season's going to prove better because of it. I think so too. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's a legend for me as well, uh, and that gives us uh, the final one, the final season finale of the final season of Arrow, season eight, episode one, Starling City. Where do you fall? It has to be a legend. Yeah, it has to be a legend. It it is to me one of the strongest premieres this show has had, and it's disappointing at the same time that it took eight seasons. It's one of the strongest premieres episodes. In the entire Arrowverse. Yeah. In it's, the history it's the str- of every 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 season of every show. Yeah. I think Legends has had a couple that like matched in like wow factor. But this one, man, the ramifications from the episode alone were massive. Um but normally you talk about like episodes where it's an alternate timeline or an alternate future and stuff like that, and it doesn't feel like it has weight. This was the first time I think I saw a show actually make it have weight. Yeah. Where like, no, there was actual repercussions. And normally it's just kind of like, it's fine. Everything's undone because on our earth or our timeline, everything's fine. Well, because of crisis, that's not the case. Yeah. And that helps 
helps, I think, add to it. If Crisis wasn't going to happen, this episode would have been flat. But because we know what's to come, it elevated what we're expecting from Crisis, but also what we're expecting of Green Arrow's role in Crisis. Yeah. So, I mean, and there's been some news that has come out uh, on, you know, about the, the remainder of the season that I think might change things. But as far as this episode itself, standing alone is a legend. It's out of all four shows this season. And like you said, even possibly out of series wide, this was one of the strongest premieres I've seen. Yeah. Absolutely. I was loving the entire episode. Yeah. So, all right, let's jump backwards and jump to the beginning. We already talked a little bit about um Batwoman when we were when we were given the ranking, but let's dive a little bit more deeper into it. Season one, episode two, the rabbit hole. Jacob Kane and the Crows up the stakes. Kate continues to look to Bruce's legacy for guidance as Luke Fox inadvertently gets pulled into Batwoman's vigilante heroics. Sophie and Kate are forced to team up. So we're definitely seeing a lot of different dynamics change, even just from the pilot to this episode. Um, you know, the whole Sophie and Kate dynamic changed a little bit you know we saw these were two characters we thought might potentially be teaming up together and it seems like there's a definitely a division right between the two you know sophie telling jacob about where they were at and getting alice locked there's, up there was a lot of betrayal like yeah. that kind of came into play here like and you can definitely see that one of the biggest problems here is that kate still very much is in love with sophie but and she even makes a comment in this episode along the lines. It's kind of like, well, if I knew you were getting married, I would have come back a hell of a lot sooner. Kind of. You can see because she's like, this isn't cool. This isn't right. Yeah. You know, all of those pieces um, being added into. So I think what's going to be interesting is watching Kate's dynamic with Sophie and her father going to be constantly at odds, especially because not only because of Kate's path, but also because of the Alice of it all. Uh, the fact that, you know, they pretty much had this whole angle kind of already bi like building up over and over and over about, I was like, nope, this is definitely Liz. This is my sister. This is your daughter. You have to agree to this. And Jacob is this in this horrendous constant denial of everything. And you can tell he understands and gets it. But at the same point in time, like how that's going to continue to unfold and how that's going to potentially fracture a family throughout the course of the season is going to be really interesting to watch. Yeah. Um, because again, it it this it's a lot more intense than I think we've had for an internal setup for a show in a while. Um, I mean, like we've gotten pieces of that, and I, I think definitely it's going to connect this closer to Arrow, uh, especially season one. It was funny seeing more Queen this week and thinking about like all the backstabbing that happened to you know essentially Ollie because of the things that Moore did in the past with Malcolm Merlin and all these other things. We're seeing a kind of a, a, a different take on that here. But I think we're going to get something completely different. But I, there was a really beautiful, strong scene in the episode is when we see Alice captured later on. And, you know, we see the armored car go over the bridge and kind of mirror back to what we saw in the to pilot. When, yeah, to when they were over uh, and they were first separated from each other. Right. Yeah. But, like, when we see that moment, though, it, there's this great scene of the two of them underwater looking at each other like... I know who you are. You know yeah. who I am. This isn't a question anymore. And it's, it was almost an interesting dynamic, too, when you see that the armor car explodes and they're kind of blown apart from one another. It's like, yeah, it was a mirror of when they were originally separated together, but this explosion separates them again. So it's almost like this is destined that they're supposed to be apart, but yet still at odds with each other. Right. It's complicated. It was, it was a really great shot because it's like this is the analogy for what this entire first season's going to be. Yeah. 
Um, because I love the idea that Liz is not really trying to kill Kate. She wants Kate on her side. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be kind of, it's like thinking about it this way of like the Joker trying to seduce Batman. Yeah, or oh, like it, It's that Darth Vader to Luke Skywalker, more so. Yeah, come to the dark side. Yeah, it's yeah. like, no, you want to be over here. Think about how much dad did to you, too. Yeah. All the hell he put you through. Let's get him back together. And I think that's a really interesting concept because you can see Kate's a very broken character. So I'm curious to see how she dips in and out of that. Is she going to stay solely, you know, like the hero vigilante character? Or is she going to flirt a little bit with the villain-esque role, you know? Yeah. And, th- and that finally dynamic is absolutely going to come into play, not just between Alice and Kate, but between Alice and, between Alice and Jacob and Kate and Jacob. I mean, there's going to be, especially now that Jacob, I think, is starting to come to the realization that Alice is potentially his daughter. Right. So, you know, a lot of that dynamic, it's going to be a weird triangle that's going to play out in many different ways throughout the course of this series. But I think they did a little – they finally gave us a little bit more of Jacob, though, this episode, where you actually, like – you saw what he went through losing his wife oh, and yeah. his daughter. And, and his like, daughter, yep. And you kind of get him a little bit more. Like, in the pilot, he felt like a very, you know, one-sided kind of character. It felt very empty, didn't mm-hmm. really have a lot to him. But I think by this episode, I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, like, I, I, I get it. Sophie's the one I think we really need to see evolve a little bit. She she still feels very one-note right now. Yeah. Yeah, um, I agree with that. So I do hope that we see some um, change in there. The one character I, d- I can't remember her name for the life of me because it's always tricky with the new show, but uh, <laughs> the stepsister. Um, oh, uh, the one that's the the nurse. The um, one that's essentially Leslie Tompkins 2.0. You know? Mary. Mary. Yeah. Because yeah. essentially that's her role. She's kind of like what Leslie Tompkins is in the Batman mythos. You know, like, you know, Leslie running kind of a clinic to help patch people up kind of mm. under underground a little bit by the, like, you know, off the books. But... It, she gave us a little something more this week too, instead of vapid sister. Yeah, there, there's more. There's more character fluidity, I guess, is a, is a way to say it. Because we're, I mean, it, again, it's only the second episode, right? So there's still plenty of time to build that character development. As long as they're not spending the entire season building character development, get you know, spend the first half of the season. Give us that. Well, character I mean, like you know, character development has to constantly happen. But I mean, I think who we're meant to believe she is at this point in time is the important part. I think it's yeah. like, we need to, we need to know what we're, what we should think of this character by like episode three or four. By like the end of episode to, three. Yeah. We should know, we should have a good idea who this character is. Right. And I think that's, that's really what it is. But because again, this do, did feel like part two of a pilot versus episode two. Yeah. Uh, it, Cause it felt so closely tied to that very first one. But, and, and I know some people are saying, you know, I've, I've read some of the criticisms online in that, like, when are we going to get the costume? I think that comes next week, right? Yeah. It's episode. Th- it's, well, Tonight, the, the night of recording today is is episode. Three. So by the time people are hearing this, you should have seen. Well, we know at least the wig is coming in. Okay. Uh, this coming episode. Uh, so I would assume that means probably the rest of the costume is going to kind of come into play. Probably by the end of episode four, we're going to have our traditional. I mean, like I think it's smart to dole it out bit by bit. Well, that's one of the because, things like, I we actually, got the gadgets episode and, two, and that's actually one of the things I actually did enjoy about this episode as well is. I like the whole dynamic of Kate becoming Batwoman because, you know, it's not something as in like Bruce left her legacy, so she already knows what this is. This is something she's discovering as she goes uh, goes through as well. Because we get that whole scene where Luke pointing to the gadgets and like, "What's this?" And she's like, "It's a bat gadget." Yeah, you know, what's this? Uh, I don't know. It like it helps you know it's a rebreather. So we're realizing the more we go. 
Kate is basically just she's finding out something about her uncle. Right. And she feels that she has the right to don it, but she really not hasn't uncle, earned cousin. it yet. Or cousin, sorry, not uncle, yeah. And but so she feels because he's family, she has the right to don it, but she really hasn't earned it yet. Right. And this is the whole process of her still learning and earning it, which I'm really enjoying. Right. And one of the other things too we even see is there's a great quick scene. It's like we're talking like thirty seconds, forty seconds at the end of the episode where like Luke comes in, throws the paper, is like, Hey, you need to figure out who you are because look and yeah. throws the paper and it's this kind of like, you know, whole idea of everybody's like Batman's back. I'm like, you're giving people false hope. I'm like, you need to m- make a decision now on what the hell you're doing. Yeah. Because Gotham can't handle it. Are you going to be Batman or are you going to be your own person? Like, oh, like, or is this just a charade and you're done? Yeah. I'm like, and I really kind of like that. Like, Luke's is kind of like, I'm not putting up with this crap. I'm like, if you want to do this, you're in or you're out. And it's because there's no in, there's no half steps here. And that's kind of what it played. And it was nice to see him in the mix and that way. He kind of was this really great blend and I could be wrong in the way you think about this, but he was a kind of a great blend of Alfred and that tech character at the same no, I, time. No, I agree with and that. I, I think I think it worked well. It's it's interesting following along with him too because he's he's kind of somebody who shies away from his from his legacy. You know, when you look at his father Lucius and how he was to Batman, Luke's trying not to be that, but he's kind of getting sucked he into doesn't, it. He, he doesn't want to be his dad. Yeah. And, you know, he, he doesn't want to be involved in all of this. Like, he just kind of had to, he unfortunately inherited it, and that's the way he views it. He's like, yeah. I don't want to be the caretaker of all this crap. He's he's the reluctant assistant. Yeah. I mean, well, for it makes a lot of sense, though. If you think about his character, he's watching and living in a world without Batman. And, like, they're all having hope that he's going to come back. And Luke is the only one in that city that knows he isn't. Yeah. And... That's got to be a huge burden for his character when you think about it in the long run. So I'm really curious to see how that's going to dole out. And ultimately, you know, if this show gets into season two, season three down the road, are we going to see that transition into to him becoming Nightwing or not White, uh, Nightwing, Batwing um, and all these pieces and seeing if that actually truly happens here? Because I think they're giving him a really interesting backbone. And I really like him for that. So. I, you know, I, I know... You know, the CW doesn't really have access to Batman at the time being, uh, for the time being. But I don't think there's anything that says we can't meet Lucius at some point. Well, I think we're going to see Lucius at okay. some point. And you think about it this way, too. CW also didn't have the rights to use Supergirl. They said they kept using it enough that they said, hey, you're going to let us have finally pay this off, right? I mean, like, you, you talk about Arrow this week, man, like. Oh, yeah. I mean, Bruce Wayne's concept of Bruce Wayne is and Batman is all over that episode. I mean, like. Because crisis is coming, yeah. I I would not I, be surprised if we saw a version of Batman, yeah, at during crisis. I, I mean, I I think honestly, the more and more we get into this, I think they're going to be less and less afraid to use him. Yeah, I, I really think like Batman is the golden child for DC, even more so than Superman, Wonder Woman, all these characters. He is their he is their character. He is the one that everybody is just like. That is like our top seller, all these things. So they're really careful and cautious the way that he is used, even more so than Superman. Because everybody knows Warner Brothers and CW and all these people. They're like, we don't know what to do with Superman. We don't know how to make him a successful character. They found ways to do it by doling him out in really small increments. Which they could do the same thing with Batman. And I think that's what they need to do is not be afraid to take that leap. But I I think, again, just like Supergirl, they're going to wait. They're going to bide their time before we. I think we see a Batman like a real Batman yeah. show up here. So. I agree. Um, what was your interpretation of the end of the episode? Because we see uh, Kate's stepmother, Mary's mother, uh, Catherine, 
with, I, I guess it seems like one of the crows. Is that what they're called? Yeah, the crows. The crows, yeah. I so, know my, my brain always wants to go to Blackhawks. Yeah, Black that's, I'm like, okay, I'm like, no, I think it's crows. It's crows. I mean, so we see her with a member of the crows and, you know, wanting, asking them to pretty much melt down one of Alice's butterfly knives. Well, to, it's the one that actually had the gem in it. It was the one that proved that that was Liz. Yeah. So, I mean, she's obviously, there's something nefarious going on with with Catherine. Right. I mean, it's, the question is, what villain is she working with? Yeah. Or is she just part of like working with a mob or something like that? This is Gotham. I mean, I, I mean, here's a bigger question: Do we think that potentially there could be a different big bad of the season? No, uh, they already have confirmed that Alice is going Alice, to be the big bad. Alice the is the big bad of season one. Okay, so maybe this could be a lead into a well, we know season. We know two? Tom Thomas Elliot is coming in. I think in like t- this. Oh, it's week. Black Mask. That's right. No, no, no. Not- Hush. Hush, that's it. Well, isn't Black... Not, well, no, Black Mask is a completely that's different... Ro- that's Roman's, uh, Ronan Sidus. Okay. Sionis. So, uh, he, that's... Yeah, Black Mask or... Not Black... God, now you have me doing it. Hush is coming in, I think, episode three or four. Um, so, I think we're going to get introduced to Tom, uh, Tommy okay. Elliott very, very soon. Okay. So, that should be f- that should be interesting and fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it happen. I mean, they've got a great cast. So, I mean, I think, I think we can expect awesome things from the show this season yeah absolutely um i know next week uh looking ahead i'm trying to buy some time because i don't have the facebook feedback Uh, we don't we can skip over that if we need to today uh the feedback yeah i mean it was it was for the most part it was positive i mean there were a lot of people that actually still enjoyed this second episode so um and i think that's primarily what a lot of the feedback for supergirl was but yeah next week uh episode three down 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 as the city waits impatiently for another visit from who they think is Batman, Alice continues to taunt Kate with a secret, but sets her high, sets her sights on Jacob and Catherine. So that family dynamic, man, is going to be pushing through uh, big time this going forward. Yeah. And you can't, I mean, you, you can't avoid it. When you have a, a hero and a villain that are related, that you really just can't avoid yeah. pushing it. It'll be fun to watch. It'll yeah. be really oh, yeah. fun to watch. Absolutely. Uh, all right, that takes us into Supergirl Season 5, Episode 2, Stranger Beside Me. Supergirl, Alex, and Brainiac thwart an alien attack while William investigates Kara. John Jones and Kelly use Obsidian Tech to solve a problem. So I gotta ask you, what happened in this episode? Because it felt like nothing happened in this episode. Do you know what's funny? Is I watched this episode this morning. I don't really remember. It's because it's we, we both gave it like a mid-hero. It's... There was nothing bad, but it didn't accomplish anything. The only thing, <laughs> so. that, the only real big realization that I kind of came to watching this episode is that the Obsidian Tech is basically the Oasis. Yeah, from Ready Player One. Essentially, well, I mean, like honestly, I, I want to bring up a point because there's something from the synopsis, and I want to see if you understand this because I watched this yesterday. I was very awake, all this stuff. So William, the other reporter, yes, said he's investigating Kara. Where did that happen? Like, she steps away and is on the phone, and he, like, glances over at her screen, and I'm like, so he's in, that's, that's investigating? I looked at your screen. Well, no, there, there's a moment where he calls the NRA. He, he calls the right. friend at the NRA, and he's like, hey, I need you to track somebody for me. Yeah, but it came out of nowhere. Like, that whole thing came out of nowhere. Well, like, he, there was ho- no- he overheard the phone conversation with her saying, like, oh, it's, it's him. Uh, you know, I'll be right there. And then she gives him the excuse, I, I have a family situation. So I think he was probably a little, confused by that and but how is that you're right how is that enough to be like it was i need the nra to track this person and i'm like usually I'm like okay i guess that maybe that's the case maybe i'll pry into it a little bit more instead of calling a federal agency yeah and that 
Well, no, sorry. The, well, the NRA isn't a federal agency. Well, it's national. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it would be a federal agency in, yeah. that, in that state. Wait, you mean NSA? Not the NRA. NSA, sorry, not the like, NRA. That's why I not said, the National that's Rifles why, That's why I said NRA. I'm like, that's why I gave you a little yeah. look. I was like, huh? Yeah, so, NSA. Yeah, sorry, NSA, you're right. NSA. So. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, it's, but and, again, you're right. Like, that's not enough to be like, okay, I, I need to track this person basically because I overheard a phone conversation. Yeah. Like, I know nothing to it. I, I think there's going to come a point where he's going to find out who Kara is simply by tracking her but we get that little hint by the end of the episode that he's not the person she thinks he is like right. he's actually a very helpful person he's he's turning out to be he's very charitable he's not you know um sabotaging as as Kara believes he is so i think he might potentially become an ally to the cause i i think so still it just it, it, the whole thing played weird it played really weird um like it, it felt like they were trying to force like a love angle, but they, they, he's like, oh, but I'm married, such and such and such, and I'm like, what? Did, what are you doing? Yeah, and I'm like it. None of it made sense. It, it didn't. It didn't. Wasn't written well. Didn't play right either. It, it just felt confusing. He, the, he's a character that still, I just, I don't know what to believe about yet. Um, I mean, and you, you even just jumping to another, you know, another character in the series too of Alexandra Rojas. She's another one. I'm like, by the end of this episode, I was confused. I'm like, okay, well, is Lena going to be like a, a big bad? Is Alexandra going to be a big bad? Is Midnight going to be a big bad? Is John Jones' brother going to be a big bad? Well, like, Midnight, Midnight's done. Like, oh, that that's was, we talked about that yeah, last week. That's that's right. That was Midnight a one, wasn't and one and done. Yeah. Um, but even, you know, even those three other characters, I'm like, okay, who is going to be the big bad for this season? Because we have Alexandra against Lena. We have Lena against Alexandra. We have... I mean, John. John's brother could be a completely different thing because last season we got a little bit of John's story on its own. Uh, you know, John kind of having a little bit of his own story, and that could be the same thing. This, but now it's tying into everybody's story. So I, I don't, and it seems like John's brother has split personality now because he's talking to himself in the mirror. I'm like. I was with you. By the end of this episode, I couldn't remember a thing that happened, and I think it's like I did. I remember everything that happened, but I uh, it was it was more I, confusing than it anything. It was like, what's the purpose of what's any of the stuff that's going yeah. on? And I apologize if there's a lot of background noise. Our <laughs> small kitten is losing his mind. <laughs> so um, it's cute. It is cute, but man, he's the worst. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I I really think like you know we got to see like a lot of like little vignettes between. Uh, you know, like Alex and oh my god, uh, what's her name? Lena? No, Alex. Alexandra? No, no, James's sister. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm blanking. <laughs> oh, uh, Kelly, Kelly, yes. Kelly, Kelly, and Alex. We saw a lot of cute vignettes between the two of them, and then you know, again with uh, you know, Dreamer and and Brainiac too. With like, and Brainiac, which yeah. was actually probably my favorite part yeah, of the it episode. Was. It was both both sections of that were really kind of adorably sick, sickeningly cute. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, it was it was really fun to watch those two points, and like even me and my wife as we're watching, it, we're kind of like, "This is really freaking adorable." How how so, how Brainy shows affection through food is just it's I, great, I, and I'd be fine with. I that. was gonna say, I was like, "I'll marry him." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, chorizo breakfast burritos but, every morning. I, I mean, yes. and even on top of that, like you know, when she's like, "Oh, best morning ever," and he's like, "That's impossible." Muscle. He's like, "Out of eons of mornings, like how is that possible?" So, like his reactions and everything that those relationships were probably my favorite part of the episode. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I said, I, I just want the actual story to 
feel like it's got weight because like I said, last year we got something so special so quick. And this year, again, I don't know if they're up to the task of giving us something awesome. And I really hope they can. I really, really want to watch them just wow us. And I, I think there's a possibility because because there was one thing in this episode that was kind of like, huh, that's different, which was the end. Hope and Eve. Yeah. Yeah. That Lena essentially just shoved her AI inside of Eve Tessmacher yeah. and basically took her over. I'm like, well, that's dark and twisted. I mean, it was cool seeing Eve come back. Right. Especially because I was like, ooh, I'm like, are we going to see another Tessmacher Luther team up at some point? And in a kind sense, of. a sense we are, but it's not really Eve. Right. You know, it's she's just a vessel yeah. for, for the AI. It, it's interesting because, like, we're going to get both versions of them. So. It, I don't want to make this sound the, the way that it's going to come off. It's kind of like, I think they're trying to do a good version of the end of Superman three. <laughs> so, Ooh, uh, is that a, is that a, something that you want to attempt? Well, I said, so, oh, well, I, an actual I, I good, said, ver- good as version. in like they're doing it properly. Right. Okay. All right. I, maybe. I mean, that, that could possibly be what they're kind of going for. I, 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 I generally don't know. I really don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you too. I, uh, I again, really... I'm along for the ride. I, you know, it's it's one of those things that's going to be interesting. Is Bill? They, are they killing time to get to crisis? That's the question. Yeah, that's the biggest question for all these shows. Are there are are any of them killing time? Well, I, I mean, when you look at some of these shows, I. I Flash is certainly not killing time for Crisis. Flash has to build Crisis. Like, that's... Arrows in the same way. And arrows with the same way. But you're right. Batwoman and Supergirl aren't because... Well, Batwoman's a prequel, so it's not really building... And it's it's how, how does that show get caught up to speed? Because it still has to address Elseworlds and all these other little pieces. And then Supergirl, how do they address being up one of the different Earths? Yeah. Uh, Because we know the other Earths are in danger, especially from watching Arrow. Yeah. I mean, and you're right, like, Batwoman, Arrow, and Flash all kind of have a purpose when it comes to crisis. Batwoman, not necessarily a purpose towards crisis, because this Batwoman's spending its time building a history of the show, because it's being a first season. Supergirl's kind of the only one that's in limbo right now, because until crisis starts to affect that Earth, what do they do? So, and, and like, I said that when we were kind of talking about the ratings of the show, is what if this is they're just trying to find a way to kill time until crisis hits because then they have to deal with that in the second half of the season and that's what they'll deal with so whatever they're doing now is short term it's just a matter of what are they doing yeah so i yeah i don't know i really don't have anything else to talk about when it comes to the episode i'm right there with you uh you know but i mean as far as the facebook feedback a lot of people our buddy Shad said, I love how over-enthused by food everyone is in the show. Uh, Kara included, because she, with the, you know, uh, the sushi and such. Uh, everybody else really enjoyed the episode. We're, you and I are just kind of like, meh. But we'll see. Uh, next week on Supergirl, we have season five, episode three, uh, Blurred Lines. Kara tries to mend her relationship with Lena. John takes a dive. Uh, into his memories, and Kelly tries to help an old friend. So we shall see how yeah. that turns out. Uh, all right. These are the two that I'm really looking forward to talking about. So we have Season 6, Episode 2 of The Flash, a flash of the lightning. Faced with the news of his impending death, Barry's resiliency suffers as he struggles to fight fate. Cecile's career as a DA conflicts with her identity when she crosses paths with a villainous metahuman. Um. Man, I mean, you want to talk about an episode that's really starting that build up towards crisis. Uh, this is it. 
I mean, you know, yes, we got an appearance by Monitor last week, but this week, I mean, with Barry talking to, you know, um, talking to Jay, uh, Jay's wife, I mean, how great was it seeing the return of our buddy John Wesley Ship mm-hmm. uh, and Michelle Harrison yeah. returning? Oh my as God, his wife. I, I loved that. Yeah. Just so, the way that the whole thing played. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's so great. And we're already working, I'm already working on getting John back on the show before Crisis. So, hopefully, we'll get to talk to him a little bit about his involvement with Crisis before we get there. Uh, still no Wells yet, which is fine. I know we're going to be getting him soon enough. Probably like by episode like four or five. I yeah. Assume. Exactly. So, I mean, it's. I mean, there's so much to break down in this episode. We have... I mean, really, I think we really only need to focus on one part of it, though. I, I think we can... Let's get the little small stuff out of the way. So so we need to really focus on Killer Frost using Katie's credit cards to buy art. Right? Exactly. Okay. I mean, that's the most important part yeah. here. Yeah, and, and learning how to draw, which yeah. was actually I was actually a really great character moment for Killer Frost. I really enjoyed it. I, I thought that was amusing. Yeah. It was just, and then just kind of Cisco kind of like, you can't do that stuff. Like, this is like the whole purpose of this. And like, between that and then Ralph, like their involvement and all that stuff was really awesome. But even even with the team kind of like sub- fully supporting Killer Frost, like she has all this art hanging up at the end, and then Cisco's like, "No, we're missing one," mm-hmm. and he has the picture that she drew, like the little stick figure, framed, yeah. like and put on that. Like I thought that was such a great touching moment. Like how like yeah, we're we're here to support you. Yeah, you're gonna make mistakes along the way. But we're still going to support you. So, yeah, yeah. You're, you're a messed up person, but yeah, go yeah, for it. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, before we get into everything with, you know, uh, you know, Crisis and, and Jay and everything, the other thing I really want to touch on that I really liked as far as character development is the whole Cecile yeah, aspect. It was, was really, really well done. Really, really well done. Like, and you know, like I said, the, the, the meta story that we got through that was, okay, felt like a run-of-the-mill villain of the week kind of storyline, but... What it led to at the end was really awesome of her. It's like, I'm kind of done being the DA. I yeah. think I want to be a defense attorney nailed, though, for metas, like purely foreign metas. And I'm like, dude, that's such a great angle. It, I yeah. love that angle. And it, I love Joe's like, that's perfect. No, he's like, no, that's brilliant. Like, yeah. yeah, he's like, that's really good. He's like, do you have any idea how many people you can help? You know, so now Cecile's finding her own way. In uh, she's finding her own path to kind of helping people at the same time. Yeah. So no. I thought that was such a great, great she, thing. She's she's such a wonderful character. I really she grew on me so so quickly. And she's just awesome. Yeah. I mean, and we got the introduction to another metahuman, as you said, with uh, Allegra Garcia and her abilities. And we know she's not locked up. She's not in Iron Heights. Mm-hmm. She's working for Iris. So. I mean, there's potential we could see her return and yeah. and see her help in in some other ways. Yes, yeah, definitely. I think it's awesome. I think it's really really cool. Yeah. Uh, and so that was that played great. All right, let's get to the cool shit. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah. So I mean, we're definitely seeing Barry struggle with at least in the beginning of the episode struggle with the fact that he's potentially going to have to die to stop this to happen and you know he wants to know more about it so who better to turn to than another speedster in jay garrick yeah uh, off to off to earth three yeah and you know and he's turning to him to kind of now there is a big hint in this and i screenshotted it and unfortunately it's not here on my laptop but uh, there is actually a huge Easter egg in this episode. Mr. Miracle. Well, well, not only that, and I didn't, you're going to have to explain that one to me because I didn't see it. Ah, uh, um, the, when Jay shows that big map. Yes. Um, I, well, that's actually the Easter egg. There's, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, something yeah. else with that map. Yeah. Too. So one of the earths it mentions, uh, oh my God, no, I, it's on the tip of my tongue. The original Mr. Miracle, not uh, Scott Freeman, uh, the one before him starts with a T. 
Stadius something. Ah, I, crap, I, I can't know. remember now. My brain just lost it. Um, and I was like all pumped to talk about it too, and it's <laughs> gone. It's totally gone. Uh, but it was showing there, mentioning his Earth. That like that's that character specific, and I'm like, oh my god, Jack Kirby, new god stuff. Woo! And I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> Thaddeus Brown. Thaddeus Brown. Yes. Okay, I was right. Thaddeus. Yes. Yep. Um, but yeah, so like, but they also show that the wave is about to hit Earth, Earth 2. Two. Yes. So there's it's pretty much predicted in the flash what's going to happen at the end of Arrow. Right, yeah. right, right. Like and the antimatter wave is headed directly towards Earth 2. Right. But it's it was kind of cool to see like that whole like universe mapped out. Yeah. Well, as much as Jake could. And, and apparently, I mean, I know we're kind of jumping jumping ship apparently too, but Arrow actually had to get permission from the showrunners of well, The Flash. Well, they wrote it, and then they're like, this has big impl- implications, yeah. and we need to talk to some folks. And, because, had, and we'll talk about that when we hit yeah, Arrow. They because, actually had to talk to people at The Flash to be like, can we do this? Well, yeah, well, especially because there's... We'll talk about it. Yeah, soon. We'll yeah. Talk, give us about five minutes. It, it we'll raises some questions because I think this conversation is going to roll right into the Probably. Arrow discussion. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, uh, you know, and we see Barry try. Well, I mean, before he goes to see Jay, we see him potentially take time into his own hands again because he wants to just run into the future to see, to see what's it. going to happen. Right. He's going to go to the day and, after crisis. And he he hits a massive wall, like a he, wall of antimatter. Yeah, and it's basically kind of like, nope, you can't go through it. And it severely cuts into his leg, and he is hurt. And even to the point where when he visits Jay, because that's originally why he visits Jay, is because of that wound. Yeah. And Jay's the one that told him, like, if you weren't a speedster, you're, you're you were gone. Dead. Yeah, yeah, you were dead. So, I mean, we, we see what the implications of is that this, for the first time, Barry's not able to Time travel, like this crisis is preventing him from going past where he's supposed to die. But they show, they say, well, we can send you mentally through it. Which I thought was a really cool twist. And there's something great about watching Barry with the kettle helmet on. Yes. It was really kind of awesome. But I love the jumper cables getting attached to the wings. And I'm like, I I chuckled because it was just, it was fun and goofy, but in all the right comic book ways. But it, but it kind of sent Barry on a Doctor Strange moment, you know, where he, you know, because we see Doctor Strange in, in Avengers where, you know, he goes and he views all the different timelines to see what happens. Barry does in essence the same thing. He Mm -hmm. goes through millions of timelines, experiences millions of deaths, deaths, including his friends and family dying multiple times. And we see a pseudo version of, the crisis death, yes, for Barry. Not, I think, the one that we're gonna probably, probably see, not, but pretty close. Where I mean, we got a version of that prior to though. We saw that also in season two when we see him uh, racing Hunter Zolomon, and yes, it's his, and it's his time remnant, and we yep. see that shriveling up to I bone to ash. I think we've seen that a couple times actually. So, I don't think that's the only time we've seen it. Um those I think were I think the two big ones. Yeah. Those were the two big ones. I think there's been at least one other time though we've seen kind of something similar. Right, right, right. So um Shad posted something on on the Facebook page about how somebody is in uniform that shouldn't be in uniform in that flashback. And Cisco is dressed as Oh Vi. yeah, we see him, well, well we see him decked out his vibe. But, but again, it's multiple timelines. Well, yeah, we don't know which version that is, but ultimately, though, too, he wasn't wearing his gloves. He was just wearing the costume. He was wearing yeah. the suit, so he might just be suited up, and he could be using, like, tech. I mean, like, it is Cisco. I mean, like, they, he's just like, hey, look, I need to find a way to do some of these they, things. Because they do have ways to travel different Earths like, without he, he still made the fighting. tech to open up portals. I mean, yeah. like, we even saw it on Arrow this week, of yeah. them u- utilizing them, like, you know, between Diggle and as their escape hatch. God, I can't wait to talk about that moment. That was one of my favorite parts so, of Arrow. Yeah. So, so, I mean, but, you know, we, again, 
this is one of those episodes where you know flashes dive in head first in the crisis yeah they have to they're the show that has to more than anyone else but like you definitely see barry by the end of this episode like understand the weight of the situation and nope this is what has to happen and it's kind of like okay well how can we take the next several months and plan for a possibility of a world without a flash. Well, we get that speech from Joe yeah. to Barry when he's like, you know, when he compares the badge to the to the emblem. Yeah. And he's like, you know, when we accept this badge or you accept this emblem, you accept the fact that you might not come home. Right. I mean, and that's true of police. That's true of firemen. That's true of anybody, you know, when it comes to that kind of thing. And, yeah. ba- and Barry kind of eventually takes that to heart. And by the end, you're right, says – we need to tell the team what's coming. We need to prepare, even if it's a world without the Flash. Yeah. And so, honestly, it's that great next evolution of Barry's character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was... Because we even see it by the end when he's facing Ultraviolet. And like, he's just kind of like, fine. I, you know what? This could kill me, but no. That's that's what a hero does. And like, you see him kind of come to terms with his mortality. Yeah. Like, it was a really good episode all around. Like, I really... I, I will say this. I was a little worried on the premiere, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, this, this was this kind of run-of-the-mill Flash episode. I mean, like, we got the, like, the Flash Gordon song and stuff like that. And, yeah. like, that was really cool and great, but, like, it felt like just another Villain of the Week episode. This week gave us something special and different and new. Or, not new, but it gave something special and different and an evolution. And that's what I'm really excited about, to see what what Flash is and who he is. By the time crisis hits. Yeah. That's what I'm excited about. Because I have a feeling we're going to bury... I mean, because we're already seeing it. So it's not even a feeling. It's it's what we've already seen. You're right. Barry's going to be a different character by, by crisis than he is now. Right. There, he's going to evolve more. Yeah. So he's going to be willing to take that to make that sacrifice right by the end speaking of sacrifice why don't we wrap up this conversation and move into our final one yeah let's do that um yeah i mean again the feedback on facebook is all positive so there's not really much to to kind of dive into uh with the exception of next week's episode which is scene six episode three dead man running barry prepares a member of team flash for life without him uh without uh, while hunting a terrifying metahuman with an unquenchable thirst, and Ralph uncovers a family secret. So, um, you know, more of what we're getting. Hopefully we'll see. Uh... Oh, God, I'm, wa- I'm just waiting for Sue <laughs> it's, to it, come in. I don't think it's. I don't think she's coming in yet. Well, I got a news story about that, so we'll talk about it okay. a little bit. So, uh, I haven't yeah. even read it yet, so I'll read it to you guys as I'm reading it. Okay, but yeah, you're right. Um, let's jump into Arrow. Season 8, Episode 1, the season premiere of the final season, Starling City. In the wake of discovering what his future holds, Oliver will find himself pit against the most challenging battle yet, one that will leave the multiverse hanging in the balance. Uh, directed by Bamford. So that's that's very important to note because... Good old Bam Bam. Man, he's, Bam Bam is coming into his own as a director of this show. He has moved up the ranks so far in eight years. He was one of the first interviews we ever had on the spotlight. Uh, and then he was simply, he was still just the head stunt coordinator. Now he's producing and directing and it's amazing. Um, but where do we even start with this? I mean, it's reminiscent of the pilot. I, I think the best place to start in all honesty, this is exactly where it started. The beginning of the episode. Yeah. With uh, in, start only in you. Yeah, it Lian Yu, exactly the same way episode one, season one started. Not exactly. Close. There's a Batman well, mask well, instead of say, a Deathstroke mask. I was going to say, the way mask. it starts. 
<laughs> I said, but then there's okay. an explosion. And then when we see the ship coming in and we pan across the island, just like that, that, that Deathstroke mask is now a Batman mask with the arrow through it. And I'm like, man, what a great just twist of the knife and be like, hey, guys, uh, we, we thought this would be fun to screw with you a little and bit. I, and I love the fact, too, that it's basically uh, – it's just an Easter egg. There's it is. nothing to read into it. Nope. Nope. Yeah. And again, because like, and then, but it was great because I think that was a great way to establish that's not normally in you. Yeah. And I'm something's like, different. Something's different. But I loved like as like the episode kind of played out. Like we got to see all these different things. Like in this universe, it's been 18 years. <laughs> yeah. And Ollie's just coming home now. Yeah. Uh, so I think it was really interesting to watch. Yeah, that was a, that was a great way to kind of revisit the pilot, but not have to involve time travel or anything like that. It was just a longer period of time before Oliver came home. Yeah, he was gone a, a much longer length, but like everything was dramatically different. The only nitpick I have with the episode, and somebody pointed out to pointed it out online, is I think I, wasn't it mentioned earlier on in an, in an episode of I think of Arrow or the Flash or something that in on Earth two. The the hood was Oliver's father. Ah, uh, I think so. But you got to remember though too it was well. Here's a, here's a great answer to that or way to fix that. Sir Flash on Earth two was there a flashpoint? Was there a flashpoint? You're right. That could have changed something. Changed. Yep. Because so. that's the great thing about any of this is you can argue as much as you want, dude. Anything can happen on any of these Earths because we're not following their story. We're following Earth one story. Yeah. That's you, true. You don't know what fills in and makes everything exist up until what is happening on, you know, October 20th, 2019 on Earth 2. Yeah. Is, you know, I shaved my beard differently today over there. <laughs> it's true. But I mean, let, I mean, let's talk about some of the differences in the, in the stories. I mean, when Oliver returns home, uh, his mom is married to to Malcolm Merlin. Yeah, uh, Walter. Um, Walter sold his shares after the Queen's Gambit went down and was never a part of their lives. Yeah, um, Thea overdoses it on her 18th birthday on Vertigo. Yep. Like, and I'm like, and it was just like punch after punch after punch, and Ollie's just taking it. He takes it like a champ through all of it. Like. But it was it was brutal. But it, I mean, a it lot was, of brutal. It was fun. Oliver. It was fun watching Oliver compare his original timeline to this timeline, assuming everything would be the same. Like when he meets up with with uh, with Laurel and and um, Adrian, who happens to be the he's, hood. He's the hood in in this in this timeline. Um, you know, he's automatically telling him they're automatic. He's telling him, no, Malcolm's the dark archer. And then when he goes to confront Malcolm and you see that look on Malcolm's face, like, I don't know what's going on. Even before it was revealed, it was in that moment. I'm like, holy shit. Like Malcolm's not the dark archer in this timeline. Like, who and, is like it? and when it's Tommy, you're like, yeah, that's great. Like, I this love is it. amazing. So it was fun watching Oliver kind of come to terms with the fact, like, this is probably the first earth he's visited for the, for the monitor right. for Marnavu. So this was his lesson in that things are going to be very different in my journey along the way. Right. And what was what was kind of I, there was a great moment though is when the doorbell rings and, and it's Diggle. And it's Diggle. That's it's my like, favorite part of the episode. And and it's it's more as it's kind of like I hired this person for you and it's this Ollie kind of like ah dig. And and, and, and then and the then car, it's kind of like you're not going to do that to me again and it's just like well, even before that, yeah. when he's like, so what do I call you? And he's, he's like, like, dig. Diggle. He's like, diggle, dig. dig if you want. That's an exact 
That's from the pilot. Yeah. Like that's their exact interaction. And then when he tries to escape and the door's locked and Diggle's like, no, you're not, you fooled me once with that. It's not going to happen again. And the look on Oliver's face, like, wait a minute, <laughs> to find out that's his Diggle. That's yeah. Earth One Diggle. Which was awesome. Yeah. But I love the fact that Diggle chose to jump Earth. So I'm like, that's great. Yeah. I love it. I, I love the fact that he's like, he's embracing the insanity and the weirdness. But it also of it shows all. the connection that him and Oliver have always had. They're right. brothers. Right. But I mean, like, what was interesting through this, though, too, is this is the first time it felt like we had like a true Black Canary Green, uh, green Arrow team up. Yeah. It really felt like the real version of it for the first time. And I'm like, oh, they finally gave it to us just before they completely bastardized that idea. Well, because it, and <laughs> so. also in this timeline, it was the Canary Cave. Yeah. It wasn't the Arrow Cave. Right. Which I thought was great. Yeah. And the reason I say bastardized that idea is because of another show coming to the CW next year. Well, but it is going to be that version of the of that of the Canary that from what I understand is that's that's Laurel. That's yeah. the Laurel that we're getting. Yeah. Is yeah. Earth 2 Laurel. Right. But. I, I know, yeah, but I still know what you're saying. I think mm. it's. I think from what I understand, it's going to be called Green Arrow and the Canaries. That's what, yeah, it's Green Arrow and the Canaries. Okay. <sighs> I know, I'm with you on that one too. I mean, we we've kind of geeked out about everything that happens in the episode. Well, we, we really need to talk about the end. Well, I mean, like before we get there, um, you know, one of the other big big factors is we do see the earthquake machine come back. Yes, that's uh, right. So that's played off, and and really, Oliver is going through all this. Is talking to Diggle. It's kind of like, no, I'm I gotta die. Like. That's how this goes down. And Diggle, Diggle's like, no, we got this. We're fine. Yeah. You know, but like we see that great like brotherly relationship between them really kind of show again because it's been a long time since we've seen that on screen with the two of them. Yeah. Um, well, that was one of the things that concerned yeah. me when the show came back for the final season and we knew that, you know, they kind of wrapped up the main Arrow story last year and we knew that Oliver was going to be spending his time doing deeds for the Monitor and everything else is going to be basically future usage right you know what do we do with diggle what do we do with laurel but this was a great way to do that you brought diggle in so now him and laurel are potentially it's now the three of them that are most likely going to be doing this work together potentially and yeah. we did get we did get the new diggle suit that's, that's the black right. and green yeah i still saying it i know you are crisis it's Crisis, I think. I, well, and that's we're the getting thing. it on crisis. We're and, getting it in crisis, and that's what I was saying to you is, I think if we get it, we're going to get it during crisis. It, you know what it is? It is the Tom Welling. Hey, look, I'm Superman now. That's 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 what they're doing. Yeah, I I I, I think so too. So um, we'll see. So let's completely skip over the uh, the 2040 story arc because it was, I don't feel like talking about it. I, I I'm I'm right there with you. I just and I know some of our listeners might be like, "You're skipping a, a chunk of the show." Yeah, and we're going to continue. You know to what skip though? It. I don't think they will though because when they announced that the the that that spinoff was happening, it was mixed reviews, and a lot of people were just like, "Man, I'm not interested." So I don't know if people will be necessarily upset that we're skipping over that. Well, that's the final episode of Arrow. Yeah, yeah. Which was, I think, that's kind of underhanded. I mean, the only thing that we really need to discuss is we now find out what happens to Diggle's real son. Yeah. He becomes Deathstroke. He becomes the new Deathstroke. So, I mean. But not Deathstroke 2. There's a new story. This He's essentially Deathstroke 3. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I mean, it's. Technically 4, because we already had a different version of Deathstroke in the future. Well, I mean, we, let's, we've had. From Legends of Tomorrow, season one. Yeah. It we, was a we, completely different one. We had Manu Bennett as, as the original Deathstroke. Right. We've seen Jericho. Yeah. Uh, as Deathstroke. So yeah, this is probably the third or fourth version of Deathstroke we've gotten. Yeah. And we're, we're about, to, no, no lie. They, they said there's going to be another present day one. Okay. A, a brand new present day one. And I'm like, eh. 
they're they're following their playbook for how many canaries can we put in one season or or one one show, and that's kind of that's what bothers me so much. But I let's not bother getting into it. Like, I don't. It's, yeah. it's it's not worth it. I'd rather I, I, we talked about the only thing really worth talking about is Diggle's son is Deathstroke. Yes, they, really they show it. JJ, and that's that's really it. We and, found out what happened to JJ and who he is. Yeah, that's really all there really is to talk about. Yeah. Um. All right. So, um, Marnevo's quest for Ollie was to get the dwarf dwarf star alloy. Yes. Uh, obviously something that we're very familiar with because of Ray Palmer and all mm-hmm. these things. And as everything happens near the very end of the episode, after Ollie convinces Tommy not to destroy Starling City, we see while they're in, you know, the the precinct when everybody's getting like going through like the arrest process. And we see, I love seeing well, Oliver. Oliver's about to leave. Like he well, says goodbye to his mom. And, he does. Yeah. He's about to leave. And during that, we see Laurel come running into the precinct. Like there's a problem. And you see all these lights tearing outside of the police department. And, you know, the first people we see that wave hit is uh, the evil versions of Renee and... And Dinah. Uh, and Dinah. Yep. And they're, they essentially are Thanos snapped is the best way it looks like. They're, yeah, they're evaporated. They, they just are ripped to shreds. Uh, then we see the next thing happen to Malcolm. And ultimately Tommy. And Mora. And, Moira, yeah. And, and Mora Queen. Yeah. And we realize... Earth 2 is done. Earth 2 is gone. Like, there's no more Earth 2. So, I mean... Which means... And it makes me wonder, because I sent you a message. I'm like... Jesse and Wells. Jesse and Harry. Harry. And I'm like... I mean, there's a chance the two of them could have gotten out of that. Because one of them's a speedster. I could see Jesse out, but I could see them saying I'm, Harry's I'm dead. I'm kind of hoping... I, I, I there's Harry's a part my of me, favorite Wells, so I don't want him dead yet. There, there's a part of me that's kind of hoping they're off Earth. Because we do know they can travel Earth as can. well. And I'm so, really, really hoping because I would hate for them to just be wiped out there. With no explanation. With no explanation, especially because of how much importance they've had to the Flash. Yeah. And for that, and if they do, if it's true, I really, really hope that this week's episode of The Flash addresses it. And they really address it and say, are they dead? And did we get a message from them? Something that they're safe. It's kind of like that Facebook thing. It's like it's marked as safe, you know? <laughs> yeah, anytime there's it's, any kind of serious thing. Because, I mean, like, we've met so many characters from across the multiverse at this point. I want to start one of them and let people just start doing it. <laughs> yeah, start the, a marked safe from the crisis. Yeah. Wait, but we'll wait till closer to actual crisis on Infinite Earths before we do it. Yeah, I, I mean, it's... it, But it was, it was... It had a massive impact. I mean, think about how many characters we met from Earth 2. Going back to season two of The Flash when we first went into the multiverse. You know, like I said, that's where we met Jay Garrick. You know, that's where we met everybody. Because well, he was the man in the Iron Mask trapped by Hunter Zolomon back on then. Earth 2. On he Earth was from two. Earth 3, but he right, was trapped right. on Earth 2. Well, like, then right. we also saw like the lounge singer version of Joe, the, like the police chief, uh, Iris West. Was we that saw- Earth 2? Yeah, that was. Okay. You know, the, the Flash musical. Yeah, that, yeah. Well, it wasn't the Flash musical. That wasn't the Flash musical. That this is no, no. You're right. This you're, was okay. that like him, like Joe singing jitters. That's and right. Like, yep. You know, Deadshot was the cop that could never hit anything with a gun yep. and all these things. That's right. Like, they they played with all these fun things. Like Barry was more of a like kind of professory type person. Like you know, he was still a CSI, but he yeah. was kind of chicken shit. Is the best way I can yeah. put it. Like yeah, exactly. But like we saw like dramatically different things, and that's where we see Cisco get his gear for vibe and all that stuff. And that's when we learned essentially that. Earth 2 was essentially the crime syndicate world 
like in the comics, which is traditionally Earth three, because it makes sense again when we see it here, because Renee and Dinah, yep. Tommy, all these are villains here, and then all the villains were here. So, yeah, so it's. I, I mean, there was a lot of there were people that were effect, seriously affected by the fact that Earth two was destroyed. You know, and again, it raises the questions of characters we've met before. What happened to them? Are they have they been wiped out with them? Right? Did they have? Again, there's a part of me that wants to hope that Jesse and Harry were off world somewhere doing something. But Christ, we know there's going to be a death of a lot of Harrison Wells. I mean, well, I mean, and that's the thing that people are going to have like, to gear up for is that when it comes to crisis. It's not one world. This is going to happen to hundreds of worlds, yeah. if not thousands of worlds. You, you know, I, this is this is the end for a lot. Do not be surprised. And I mean, we see that Kara is Earth thirty eight, so I think it's Earth thirty eight, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Do not be surprised if close to the crisis when these worlds start merging, you see this happen on to Earth thirty eight. Yeah. Like we could see a world we already know and are very familiar with, like Earth 38 or Earth 3, wiped out of existence. Some of these characters will be saved. I mean, because that's kind of and the some point of them, of, some of them are gonna merge. Yes. Yeah. Uh, like you're gonna see a merge and, and some are thir- destroyed. I think 38 will probably merge, if anything. I don't think But I mean, like the the truth is, this could say, hey guys, like, you know, it's really been a lot of fun for John to be Flash from Earth 90. He's probably gonna die. Yeah. I mean, we're still going to get John Wesley's ship in other right. forms. But I mean, like... But the original Flash that we know from the 90s might go Clark away. Kent from Smallville, he might die. I don't want that to happen. But, like, this is the yeah. end for some of these characters. Like, I mean, permanently. This is this is them saying... This is them having their bow on stage at the end. Yeah, I have a feeling that's probably why a lot of these characters are being brought in. Because they're giving them an endgame. They said, hey, do you guys, guys want to go out with a bang? Like, because that's what it is. Yeah. These the they're characters we love. But the casualties are going to be high, and they're you know going to be really high. And the fact that I don't think I'm pretty confident we're not going to see Tom Welling suit up as Superman. We're no. only getting him as Clark. We've we've gotten confirmation he's only in one episode. I have a feeling now that you said it, that might be the case. Is whatever Earth Smallville is, it's probably going away. I, don't be surprised if a lot of the things that we've seen and heard rumblings of are flyovers. Like, there's a high chance a lot of them are flyovers. It's somebody reacting to something. And we'll get to that in a second in the news. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we'll get to it. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be really I, interesting. Now, do you have anything in the news about what Beth Schwartz said about the future of the series? Because if you don't, I'm going to bring it up now. Um, essentially about it, them jumping multiple Earths. It's only over. happening in the pilot. Well, yeah, it sounds like there's going the to They said there's going to be a little bit more of that potentially, but very minimal. It sounds like it's more about this was kind of showing the stakes of things. But that it's this is going to be more of them going to visiting places that normally are kind of left by the wayside. Like, we're going to go back and visit with Katana. We're going to go back to Lian Yu. We're going to do all these little trips through it, all this stuff. But it's not... I think they said only two episodes actually take place in Star City this season. And that kind of... It, it kind of disappoints me a little bit because one of my favorite yeah. things about this premiere was the whole Sliders aspect of them going to different Earths, um, which is exactly what Sliders was. was yeah, I mean... And, we and were being we, differences in the Earths. But again, we ultimately know, though, like it's still going to have... Everything that's happening, though, it has weight building towards Crisis. Yeah. So as long as they can keep my, my attention high on a lot of that stuff and prove to me what they can do with a short season... Same with the Flash, with with a basically a two part season. Prove to me that you guys can do it. 
because I know that they can. We never even talked about blood work when it came to the Flash, but well, it was very minimal to. of the episode. It didn't. We didn't need to yet. We I, see a little bit more of the whole. He he attacks somebody and yeah. they stayed alive. Yeah, exactly. So, and now they're a test subject. Right. I mean, that's pretty much all it was. So yeah, we'll see. Okay. Um, but I know we got to get ready to move into the news. So I'll let you do the wrap up on this because we got a lot to talk. Yeah, about. Yeah. All the feedback Facebook was positive. Like it was extremely positive. Everybody loved the premiere. Uh, but next week or this week rather, season eight, episode two. Welcome to Hong Kong, Oliver, John, Laurel and Tatsu seek out an important person within the Monitor's plan. Connor has a heart-to-heart with his brother, which we don't care. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see if they can keep up the momentum from that premiere. But that's going to wrap it up for the breakdowns of the episodes. So I will turn it over to you for the news of the week. All right, so we're going to start in a weird place. So, again, um, this came out from uh, just a group that's known for breaking a lot of stories. Uh, and it's uh, from the Snyder Cut podcast. And There's a Snyder Cut podcast? S N E I D E R. Ah, gotcha. Okay. So it, it's it's just how they how they deemed it. But uh, there's a lot of internal rumblings right now stating, and they said it's a massive rumor, and they do say that they want to really stress rumor right now. It says that the DC Universe series Stargirl may be actually headed to the CW. And right now that the network could be looking at uh, how to recut episodes to fit the net, uh, network's broadcast standards. Uh, and they're saying potentially there's a rumor that later on that the uncut episodes could make their way to HBO Max. So uh, Interesting. so no one's really sure what's going on. But again, they said, please definitely take this as a rumor. But it's out there. So I wanted to at least address it. Yeah. Uh, just in case some people heard rumblings of it. And then think it's fact. And I want to make sure that they're aware that this is none of this is confirmed as currently. Um, so jumping over into some other things, let's go over to the world of The Flash. Uh, so the showrunners did reveal a little bit of details right now about Sue Dibney, a.k.a. Sue Dearborn. Um, and they said there's two answers to the question that Sue De- uh, Dearborn will appear in the back half. Uh, but uh, would uh, but I would read into that the saying that there are two answers into the question of when that they're going to appear. Sometimes what you see isn't what you see is the best way that they put it. OK. Um, and they said, uh, you know, because we're dividing things up. So they said Sue is coming, but it sounds like a second half. So. So big wait and see. Yeah. And it's possible maybe crisis plays into that a little bit. Maybe what we see is not what we see. Yeah. So uh, as far as some stuff with Arrow, um, Stephen Amell has just officially wrapped his time permanently on Supergirl. Uh, It's kind of. Oh, on Supergirl. Okay. Supergirl. So they did say, um, you know, he, he just made a post. He said wrapped on Supergirl tonight for the very last time. I've been working on the show for the past three years. Melissa and the team have built something really special and happy. I got a chance to be a part of it. Thank you all. Uh, so this was his final bow on that show, at least for now, unless maybe something down the road. Uh, but I mean, that also brings up the fact, too, that if if that's the case and they're wrapping up, they're getting closer to wrapping up Crisis. He, he's closer to his final bow. Yep. At that same time. Uh, yeah. His his probably last last piece is uh, probably just a couple weeks, uh, probably a week away. Yeah. Maybe if not two. Um, so we're actually going to shift over to the movie side of things. And then we're going to wrap up with Crisis because it's the best way to wrap up. But um, there is now a full official confirmation that Black Manta indeed has been confirmed for the sequel for Aquaman. Uh, we do know things are 100% happening. And they said most likely 2022. Uh, and that's um, based off of a interview with uh, Abdul Mati uh, with uh, the group Uprox. Okay. So they, he did say, yes, we're already going through the process of everything. Everything's kind of in prep work. 
Uh, we did hear James Wan has already talked about it a little bit in the last couple of weeks. We also saw, too, that, um, oh, my God, Aquaman himself. Momoa. Momoa, yeah. Jason Momoa was saying <laughs> he was actually responsible for uh, a lot of that moving moving at the speed that it is right yeah. now. Of like, I guess he had some new concept ideas, too. He ran by with Juan, and they were like, this is brilliant. Let's go. And it makes sense that Black Manta is going to be the big part of the sequel. Yeah. 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 Uh, speaking of another movie, we've been waiting some time to hear some things about. The Rock has officially announced... Production start dates for Black Adam. I'm excited for this. Finally. They said in July of 2020, uh, the project is finally being brought to life. So it sounds like they're going to be going in front of cameras at that point in time. Good. Um, Moving into some other little pieces here real quick. We've got some news on the Batman, and that is Paul Dano from 12 Years a Slave to play Edward Nigma, a.k.a. the Riddler. I think that's good casting. That's excellent, excellent casting. But not only that, but somebody that's been spurred in the past, though, too, for a role that a lot of people said she was really very deserving of and was spurred by Christopher Nolan. That is Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. Finally landing the role of Catwoman. And more good, more great casting. Um, and a lot of people have just been like in a thousand times support. For Michelle Pfeiffer, Holly Berry, like all these people who have portrayed Catwoman before have all come out and said like, yeah, well, not even that, not it. even that too. Like hardcore fanboys that I expected to see a lot yeah, of people were really it. excited about this casting. Even too, like, um, you know, the James Gordon casting, all that stuff. Everybody's really pumped. I mean, I think like Reeves is making some great, some Great, great calls that I expected a lot more hate on. That's not coming, and I'm like, dude, bring it. Yeah, I'm bring like, it. I'm, I'm like, like, I'm getting excited I'm like, for the movie. You're putting really, really great actors in a lot of iconic roles, and you know what? It's great. I'm glad they're you're shaking things up a little bit diversity wise, but I don't think that's what it is. I think this is purely is like, nope, they that is the person I want for this role. Which yeah, is awesome. I'm still waiting for that. I'm I'm, I'm still waiting for that penguin casting. Well. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see who it's going to be. But. Yeah. Um, so one of the other stories that did come out this week, too, is James Gunn talked a little bit. And notoriously, Warner Brothers and DC has been very, hey, guys, these characters are off limits for stuff. And he was asked in an interview and then James Gunn did, did come out and said, you know, we had these conversations and he asked that question. And they said, anything you want. He said he was told nothing is off limits for him whatsoever. He also has said officially, too, he said regardless of every movie he's made, he said he's never been treated more like a king and has had more fun on a set in his entire history. Which says a lot because those Guardians of the Galaxy movies were his babies. So, I mean, for him to well, say he, that he said the- He said Guardians was fun. He said this this is like the been the film of a lifetime. So, so that gets me even more excited to see this film. So I, I, and honestly too, I, I'm wondering is this going to mean he might want to play in the Warner Brothers sandbox more post this? I mean, and if I if wouldn't have a problem with that, I would love to see what he could he could potentially. Can you imagine him doing a Justice League movie? I can now. <laughs> <laughs> it would be awesome. It would be really cool yeah. to see what he could bring to a Justice League film. So yeah. It, I'm, just curious to see it. So, all right, let's backtrack now just a little bit into the world of Crisis. So we got an interesting piece of casting this week that kind of came out of nowhere, but it makes a lot of sense because it's a character that's incredibly, incredibly important to the story of Crisis on Infinite Earths. That is Supernatural alum Stephen Lobo is joining as Detective Jim Corrigan, Spec- a.k.a. the Spectre. Spectre. Which is really awesome. That yeah. is a really just exciting thing to go, especially again, such an iconic character going dating back from like 1940. 
Um, and, and it's funny too because when we posted this on on the Facebook page, somebody one of the one of our listeners was like, "Yeah, it's Stephen Amell." Without even reading the article, it was like, "Oh, it's Stephen Amell." I'm like, "No, it's not. It's Stephen Lobo." Like, read the article because it said that, and because there was an article posted a couple weeks ago that Stephen Amell would be cast as as the Spectre, and then you look at the source. And that source is notably is known yeah, for we'll, notably we'll posting. Yeah. I, I'm not saying the name, yeah. but they're known for posting a lot of false right. stories. Right, right, right. So um, there is rumblings. Uh, we did see this past week that there is rumors that we could potentially actually see Titans from DC Universe. Yeah, I'm, which is something and it they might said be as, was it, never going to happen. It might be as simple as a flyby, but I it, think that's what I've seen is going to be. Um, but. I did hear uh, another rumbling, unfortunately. But again, this could be misdirection uh, that Tom Ellis has denied officially um, that he shot anything for Crisis. I watched that clip. I think it's misdirection. I'm hoping it's misdirection. Yeah, I I think, you know, it's a big wait and see. So, you know what? Again, if half of the rumors are true. It's still going to be amazing. It's fine. There's another great rumor, though, too. And that's Robert Wall. As Alec is, is it rumor? I thought it was confirmed. Oh, I, I well, I think it's confirmed. Um, it sounds like he's going to be sitting on a park bench reading the Gotham Gazette, which is great. As Alexander Knox, especially if it's that pick, if it's a, if that's newspaper that we saw is what he's reading, which would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, even if it's just he's on the screen for four seconds. Yeah, how cool would it be? It's like. They brought Knox back of all people. They just happened to walk past him, and he's and Knox is in that notable hat, that hat reading that newspaper. That's all I need. Yeah, I don't need him to say a word. And everybody's like, "Hey, it's Arliss." <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so going back to some other people that we know that are, are already in the mix. Uh, Ashley Scott, pretty cool, uh, stated that she actually still had a lot of tiny little pieces from her costume when she played Huntress, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I brought all of them back out for yeah. this." So we'll actually see some of the original costume pieces back when I think this is the necklace and the belt she she brought back into That's the pretty mix. cool. So I think it's pretty nice. That nice little We touch. know how I feel about that show, but it's still pretty cool. Yeah. Hey, it's fair. Hey, I I loved JWS, man. Like, but man, the Flash, the original Flash show is a little rough to watch nowadays. Yeah, you and I are on opposites when it comes to Birds of Prey and the Flash. I'll be honest. Like, I love I'll, the original Flash and I'll, you're like, eh. But you know what though? It's no it's purely what it is is it's their products of their time and if you didn't watch it then and going back to it now, it's going to be brutal for anybody. And that's why I and wasn't crazy about Birds of Prey. And that's what it is. I didn't is, watch it when it was on. Right. I watched Birds of Prey and not Flash. Yeah. You were vice versa. Yep. And you go back to and show anybody that's never seen them. They're going to be like, I don't feel. I, don't I, I watch hate it. you for making me watch this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and the last news story is a small news story, but uh, we did find out officially we're going to be seeing a lot more about Harbinger very, very soon. More details about that. Obviously, we know that's Lila Michaels, uh, which is um, Audrey Marie Anderson, uh, who's been in Arrow since yeah. season one. Uh, who we know is playing that, but they said we'll see a lot more information coming out about her. Character Wasn't she also soon. called like nickname Harbinger? Harbinger, at one point Harbinger was her code on. name. Yeah, with 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 the group. So I mean, she she was already set that way. Yeah, but I think it's kind of cool that they're that's they're, what they're doing. That they're actually making her Harbinger. Yeah, so exactly. It makes me wonder if how awesome would it be if Diggle found out that he married an alien. If Lila really was Harbinger the whole time and not another and not she's not playing amazing. another version of it. That would be interesting. Yeah. So we'll see. The way he reacts to things, that would be a fantastic reaction to watch. Yeah. And we did see, actually, too, there is a shot snail of um, Monica Garrett. Well, Monica Garrett as, as the anti-monitor. As the anti-monitor. Looks very... Or the uh, Night King. 
Yeah. Well, I, w- I was actually going to say uh, Frank Langella Skeletor, too. Yeah, that works, that works too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but yeah, like I said, I think we're probably going to see the helmet, too. But it actually it does look really reminiscent of some of the newer iterations of that character, like down to the, the way that the suit looks. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's some headgear that they goes along with it. They do a fantastic job with that stuff. So I, I'm... I'm I'm not worried. <laughs> the Monica worried Garrett looks great as the monitor. And I he love plays the, the character great. So. I love the pictures of the anti-monitor. The the pictures we saw of Tom Cavanaugh as Pariah look fantastic. Oh my God, he looks uh, he looks like all of them look like they've been peeled off the page of a comic yeah. book. Yeah. Oh God, the Kingdom Come Superman costume is still blows me away every I time I see it. Um, but yeah, but uh, that's that's it, man. That's that's everything for for the news. Real quick, I'll mention two quick things and then we'll get out of here. Um, one. Uh, if you haven't seen it already, it's a fan-made trailer, but I posted it on the Facebook page. That's my that's my recommendation. Oh, okay, all right, yeah. So I'll I'll save it for that then. The other thing I, I read online too, and it's it's, pr- it's pure rumor at this point, uh, is I read the rumor is that um, the reasoning behind Brandon Routh portraying the Kingdom Come Superman and not the original version of Superman he did in the movies is because that was a continuation of the Christopher Reeve Superman, and they actually plan to find a way to use Christopher Reeve's likeness. Same way they did, they're doing Keaton, they're they're most likely going to find a way to include Reeves' likeness in Crisis. Which would be awesome. Yeah. I would love to see them get an opportunity to play with any of so that. So they had to separate him from that version of Superman in order to do that. Hey, man, that's cool. I, I'm, I'm fine with it. It gave us Kingdom Come Superman. I'm fine with it. Yeah. I, you know what? This is the fact that they have him suited up like that again is just exciting. It's yeah. really exciting. Um, yeah, I, I, a couple weeks, man. A couple more weeks. I know. Um, you know what? Let's just, we'll jump into recommendations and I'm just going to share yours. So I'll turn it over to you to, to give the recommendation. So actually, I'm going to shoot it to you because you're the okay. one that sent it to me. So okay. I don't know if you remember or have a list of who, who created it, but I mean, I know what you're about to bring up. Mark Guggenheim. Guggenheim full, approved. Full, he, yeah. he approved and endorsed it. Yep. So and it, yeah. And it's a great like four minutes. It's yeah, I think it's a four and a half, five minutes actually. Excellent. Excellently. There is a if you haven't seen it already, it's on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash DC Primetime. There is a fan-made Crisis on Infinite Earths trailer. Uh now it incorporates elements that are obviously not going to be a part of Crisis, including uh the DCEU, Christopher Reeve, Superman. Well, Christopher Reeve Superman in different it, ways. It plays the best way to put it. It plays like a love letter to everything that DC ever was on screen. Yes, um, you know it incorporates a lot of Tom um, uh, Tom Cavanaugh, Tom Welling, uh, Tom Welling as as Clark Kent. Uh, you, it's got like Cat, um, Henry Cavill, Ben Affleck. You know all the DC EU. Seriously, everyone is there. Yeah. Even, so, even even Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern. Well, well, oh, my God. And, like, Shazam is in there right. for a quick second. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds as, as Green Lantern is in there. It, you're right. It's such a love letter to the Ds. I don't think it goes back any... Oh, no, I'm sorry. With uh, Christopher Reeves and Linda Carter as Wonder Woman yep. in there. Yeah, we see there. that as well. But other than that, I don't think it goes any further back behind no, 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 be no. past Smallville. Right. Well, right. Adam West and Burt Ward... Are in for a quick second. Yeah, they're, they're there. Other than that, though, it doesn't go further back than Smallville. It's it's everything current. Yeah. Um. It's it's sixty six forward. Yes. Yeah. It, it is pretty much uh, the best way to put it. But it. it's an amazingly well done trailer. Like you mentioned, Guggenheim fully endorsed it. He retweeted it and said, "Like I hope we live up to this." So it, it just it gave me chills watching it. I I think soon as we are wrapped up here, might right watch before, it again. Let's watch it again because yeah. uh, we're about to record another episode of something in a few moments. And but I would I would be excited to watch that again. Yeah, me too. So, so that's the recommendation. If you haven't seen that trailer already, go to our Facebook page and check it out. It's fucking amazing. Awesome. Um, and I use that word sparingly on this podcast. 
but yeah, cheap plugs, and then we can get out of here. As always, you can catch this podcast as well as all other podcasts uh, as part of the Next Level Podcast Network, thenextlevelnetwork.com, facebook.com slash thenextlevelnetwork, and the Facebook page for this podcast, as I mentioned already, facebook.com slash DC primetime. And a big special thanks to our good friend George Shaw at georgeshawmusic.com. Make sure you head over to his page, check out his stuff. We thank him each and every episode for allowing us to use his great tunes through the last four-year journey of this, yeah. this podcast, which is always awesome. So make sure you check out his stuff, support his things. And always, you can find me through uh, also the thenextlevelnetwork.com through the Caffeine Crew cast of pods. Also, make sure to check out our final episodes of Still Afraid of the Dark with Ben and I, uh, which will be uh, wrapping up in just two uh, weeks, two, weeks yep. two, two final weeks, wrapping up on Halloween night. So something to listen to while you're helping give out candy, maybe walking around with a drink or two while you're walking your kids around. On your way to the bar for celebrating, give it a listen. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And even though it's months away, season two is already in the works. I, I can tell you, uh, no lie, I have already plotted over half of the episodes. Yep. It's going to be so, fun. And Not might, the drinks, but I've not plotted yet. half of the episodes. And there might potentially be a Christmas spinoff of this, too, with me and my co-host, Kristen, yep. from the Lost Podcast. So we'll see. That's, that's still in the works. If it doesn't happen this year, it'll happen next year. Yeah. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the podcast. As always, thank you for being a part of the primetime fam- the DC primetime family, for liking, subscribing, all that you guys do. But until next time, we'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace. Peace.